You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings and salutations. Hello Ethan. to you. How are you doing I, I, today? Um, I didn't mean to speak over you there. Um, <laughs> I was filling the silence with some hums. Um, <laughs> I think I'm doing well. I woke up just before the alarm and felt uh, equipped. Mm. Um, arrived five minutes early. That's mm. unheard of for me. I mean, like in normal circumstances, maybe. But this, today, on these days, when we record, I just can't get here on time. Mm. I just can't. I'm always a few minutes late. And um, bless bless you both. No one has said anything about it. Neither you or Recording Wizard Zach. Recording Wizard Zach. That's the official title. Yeah. It is, in, it is in my heart. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I confess and acknowledge that I'm frequently not on time. But today... Five minutes early. Everything changes. <laughs> <laughs> everything changes forever. Uh, yeah. So, you know, by and large, no complaints. Doing How good? about you? Oh, great. Doing wonderfully. Well, that's boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned the whole beating your alarm thing because mm-hmm. normally uh, I'm an early riser, but newborn life, mm. I've modified that. <laughs> modified. Kind of says. out of necessity. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Anna sleeps fairly well, but... Mm-hmm. When you're talking about a newborn, that still means yeah. you're up. Yeah, sure. A fair amount. So I did not beat my alarm. In mm. fact, my alarm went off and then I opened the alarm and I was like, I'm not getting up today at this time. <laughs> and I gave myself an extra hour. Oh, nice. I did not get up to like 645. Oh, this guy. That's <laughs> This guy. But oh. That's about the time when Abigail wakes up right around oh, seven. Wow. So you have no choice at that point. It's like, you got to get up because she's, you know, mommy, <laughs> daddy, Fair enough. I'm awake. Come uh. get me, please. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, all that to say, I'm, I'm doing well, though. That's good. Well, you know? Good, living the life, good sipping on my coffee. It, oh, what a gift. What a gift indeed. It is good. Thanks be to God. Mm, this is a QV, I believe the brand is, West Pole Dark. Oh, wow. Mm. You very specifically knew every detail of yours. I never know. Really? Like I'm very choosy I have to look it. at the bag. That's it. I don't, oh, okay. I just well, can't remember. You know the embarrassing reason that I know that? Hmm. For a long time, and I've just recently changed this, but for a long time I kept a running list of every brand that I ordered and how many times I reordered that. Just out of pure curiosity. Nice. You know, I was I was I like Spotify data. wrapping myself. <laughs> you know, like I love the wrapped thing they do. Um, but I enunciated that like a nerd. <laughs> anyway, I do that to myself because I'm like, what have I what have I really been enjoying? And eventually uh, I would get caught up in like, wait, did I log the eighth time I ordered that or not? <laughs> so I decided to forget the frequency part of it and um, just record mm. the new blends that I have and like yeah. the really excellent ones. So... I'm maybe more attuned to exactly what those <laughs> names are because I write them every time. Uh, well, uh, I appreciate that. I'm into that yeah. kind of data. It's good, though. I'm not committed enough to do that, but, you know, here I am. Hey, so that's cool. I keep a reading log. Exactly. Of my, my books and that's what I something. thought and when and whatever. That's the same thing, right? Kind of. Well, I was thinking, you said, you said you're not committed to that sort of data, but I think you are committed to that kind of mindset mm. in terms of like organizational and documentation sort of uh, that's fair. disciplines. Yeah, that's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. I just need to apply it to my, you know, coffee taste. So sure. anyway, we're into a fun topic today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um, occasionally I get questions about whether or not we can internally, quote unquote, hear Christ's voice. Mm. I think most of those questions spring up from John 10, 3 through 4, which reads, The sheep hear the shepherd's voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Mm, Okay. Which, you know, people read that, and 
I think, understand and believe, you're going to take it super, super literally. We're the sheep. Christ is the shepherd, of course. Right. And so the thinking goes, we'll hear some sort of voice in our conscience or in our spirit, or there's something we're going to hear, like like literally, mm-hmm. whether that's like audibly outside of us or right. some voice inside of us. And we'll also have like white fleecy fleecy wool. <laughs> I mean, you bring up, you know, an excellent, <laughs> an excellent point there. Um, so, I mean, what is... Jesus actually saying here, if he's not saying you have fleecy, fleecy wool. and Yeah. You know, I'm a little sad that I don't have fleecy, fleecy wool. Um, <laughs> in a manner of speaking, I suppose. It is <sighs> peculiar. I'm going to settle on the word peculiar. Yeah. To examine, I think, some of the sources from which we draw our conclusions. To like look back at that and say, wait, where did I <laughs> draw those connections? Because <laughs> I think those, those conclusions we, we really settle on are products of our own culture, subculture, and our way of thinking about things, our way of talking about things. Like with Right. Within, within our Christian culture. We yeah. don't always clarify and then we take it for granted. And if we look at that verse there, if I could read it without preconceptions, some mysterious way that I really wish I could do more often, yeah. <laughs> I would not go about life thinking God speaks as a disembodied voice based on this verse. Sure. Be, it, be it audible, which would be super fun, or not. Like some intrusive like foreign sentience in your mind. <laughs> I'll take that too, but it's like not what I would walk away thinking. It's kind of, hmm, it's familiar. Yeah. I think we often might wish for something like that. And we certainly talk about it, but um, why? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I think there is a sense in which, like even when I'm preaching or when I'm talking to people in my office, I'll talk about hearing right. uh, the voice of Christ or hearing the voice of God. But to your point, I mean something hmm. by that and I think the danger for someone like me is to assume the person sitting across from me knows what I mean. Exactly. But they're thinking, oh, and I read that verse in John recently where it says, we'll hear his voice. And so yeah. they're thinking, you know, foreign sentience, yeah. you know, kind of intruding into my, my mind or whatever have you. So I think to, to clear all of that up. We're just going to try and clearly, biblically articulate what's going on in this passage and try to link it to the overarching biblical narrative. Best way Um, to do it. Yeah, as always. (laughs) It's always the best way to do it. So, first and foremost, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who takes these verses literally to the point you're talking about, where it's like, (laughs) you know, uh, Uh, oh yeah, we're going to have fleecy, fleecy wool. You know, we're actually literally sheep. I haven't heard that exegesis yet. Yeah. And I don't know anyone who primarily, again, off the top of my head, anyone I know personally, who expects this passage to mean that the voice of Christ will literally audibly come booming out of the heavens to mm, speak to you. Right. Like, I don't, no one has come into my office disappointed that that's not happened in their <laughs> life yet, you know? Now, I, I do want to clarify, that doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Sure. I mean, it's almost impossible to prove a universal impossibility. That's just a philosophical rule, right? And to that point, you read in scripture where God did speak audibly in certain occasions. Exactly. There are a number of examples where you're like, well, what about it happened to this fellow? Yeah. Like, yeah, it did happen to this fellow. Yeah. Sure. And that was at a point when get revelation and- Get yeah. back to me when you walk on the dry ocean bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, it can yeah. happen, but right. also let's be realistic about, about what we expect of God in our relationship with him. Right. And also bearing in mind that when those encounters were happening, scripture was still being written. Like the canon of scripture was not closed. Yeah. Like those divine revelations were being recorded. That's a good point. Um, and scripture was still being written. So anyway, I think there's a pretty universal understanding amongst Orthodox Christians that such a thing, you know, Christ speaking audibly from the heavens, that's not normal or ordinary. Like you just, that's not something you commonly expect to happen. Right. So yeah. if we don't understand it as the literal physical voice of Christ speaking from his place at the right hand of the father, then how did we get to the place where this became an internal voice? Yeah. That's the question. Because at least to me, that doesn't seem like a natural jump. 
No, exactly. It's it's still not the impression I get from that verse. It feels maybe, I don't know if metaphorical is the right word. I'm, no, I think it's a great word. Okay. Describe it. I get, sometimes get caught up in the literary terms. Like, is this truly a metaphor? Is, is this, this an this analogy? A, yeah, oh, is we, it a metonymy? That's the thing. I hate to admit this. My Google search just has something like uh, metaphorical versus, um, oh, what, never mind. <laughs> that's already too embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, um, what I what I actually come away with is not a voice element of this, but more of this picture of familiarity and relationship. Maybe even obedience if you want to stretch this to like an application point. Yeah, right. But I think that's good. I'm getting this, that yeah. sort of principle, mm-hmm. not this other expectation that we might attach to it. Yeah. And I think in our day, you know, we have that expression, the little voice inside your head or various <laughs> riffs on that. Yeah. But I mean, that's a relatively new expression. <laughs> One would think. You know? Um, <laughs> can, you, can you imagine Plato? Yeah. <laughs> Plato, and speaking of that little voice inside your head. Um, you know, I, um, again, you'd have to fact check me on this, but I don't think anyone was using that sort of lingo in Christ's day. So it would be anachronistic for us to assume that he had that in mind when he said this. Yes, yes. So... The short answer is, I personally am not really sure how we got to that interpretation. Oh, sure. <laughs> I just, I, now, I do want to pay homage to the mystics of the medieval church and the spiritualists of the Reformation era because they put a heavy emphasis on the inner life, mm. so to speak. You have like George Fox, who founded the Quakers. Yeah. He talked about the inner light. So I guess that terminology isn't technically the inner voice or, you know, the no, uh, little voice in your head. But there's that inward sort of line yes, of thought. This interior mm-hmm. side of where you're expected to hear God speak. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, in most Quaker meetings, the idea was there was really no order of service. In fact, George Fox, there were times he wouldn't even speak at a meeting because he was so bent on waiting to see if God would give him something to say. So you have that happening. mm, I bet those were fun meetings. Yeah, just complete silence the whole time. Nothing, nothing happening. Um, Just eating my oatmeal. Yeah. So so you could probably trace some of this back at least that far. But at any rate, all that is to say, that was a lot of digression and a lot of qualification. What we're really wanting to clear up is what Christ actually meant when he said, you'll hear my voice. Exactly. So I think the first thing we have to say is that Physical bodily facts and functions are often ascribed to Christ in Scripture that don't make sense if you take them woodenly, literally. So what do I mean by woodenly, literally? Because I do want to definitely clarify that. I am not saying we shouldn't take Scripture literally. Like, I'm not I'm not out here advocating some sort of, like, weird, well, whatever the passage means to you is what it means kind of reading of Scripture. Mm. When I say woodenly, literally, I'll just give an example because I do think this is important we? before we, before we <laughs> okay, continue okay. on. <laughs> This is the one that I most frequently use. Let's say we go to a baseball game. Yeah, that's weird to think and, of. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at the baseball game, sitting in the stands, and the announcer says, John Smith steals second base. Do we take that statement literally? What, are you telling me that's not how baseball is played? <laughs> You know what I mean? Because like, if you, you could take that literally one way, which he steals second base to mean he literally goes and picks up second base and flees the stadium with it. Just like baseball. Like a criminal. Yeah, They're just like baseball. Or you could take it literally within the context of baseball to mean he ran to second base without getting thrown out. Sure, yeah. You're still taking it literally, but what you mean by literally exactly. depends on the context. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about here. So in this passage, we have... A reference to Christ's voice and hearing it, but you have this kind of metaphorical kind of physical imagery being used in other passages of scripture that you can't take woodenly literally. So let me reference two just for fun. Okay. Second Corinthians four, six, 
For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So there you have Paul talking about us somehow kind of seeing the face of Jesus Christ. Well, here's the thing. We don't literally see Christ's physical face right mm-hmm. now, right? Right. He's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. So that doesn't make sense if you take that woodenly, literally. He must mean something else, something more spiritual. Right. Here's another passage, just so we're not saying, oh, this is one example. Galatians 3.1, one. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. What do you think? The Galatians didn't literally physically see Christ on a cross when Paul preached. Mm. So it doesn't make sense to take that woodenly literally. Right. So what is going on here? If we don't want to take these passages woodenly, but we do want to take them literally, how do we understand them? Well, I... I think the way we want to say this is that they are communicating a literal authoritative truth, but using physical images to communicate spiritual truths. Right, right. So you have phrases such as the voice of the shepherd, the face of Jesus Christ, publicly portrayed, etc., to get us into currently unseen spiritual realities. Because that's the only way we can access them. The Gospels are littered with language like this. Mm -hmm. Jesus uses it all the time. Yeah. Because, I mean, you think about that. <laughs> How do you talk about things that are unseen? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, you have to have a reference point. Exactly. And our, our reference point to that is metaphor. Mm-hmm. We have to have that. So, for example, in the Second Corinthians passage, how is it that God is shining in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of his glory in the face of Jesus Christ? Well, it's through the preaching of the scripture. That's what Paul says in verse two. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So what he's saying is there is a spiritual seeing of the face of Christ when we hear scripture with faith. Okay. It's amazing how context clarifies. Yeah. Well, it's like just taking like, yeah, just literally look at the verses around it. Yes. So we're seeing with the eyes of our heart, as Paul would say in Ephesians. That's another Mm. metaphor he uses is that there's a way you see with the eyes of your heart and that's with faith. And the same goes for Christ's public portrayal as being crucified to the Galatians. It happened through the preaching of the scriptures. And we know this again because of what Paul says in the very next verse. He says, did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So hearing what with faith? Well, the word of Christ, because you link that to Romans 10, 17, which says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So again, there's this way in which the spirit comes upon us, opens the eyes of our hearts to see Christ publicly portrayed as crucified when we hear the scriptures preached with faith. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's a spiritual seeing, right. not a literal physical seeing. <laughs> with your heart eyes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So what I'm getting is that it can be very misleading to take things, I don't know if I'm going to say at face value, if that's the terminology I want to mm-hmm. use, but without context yes. to, to quickly draw assumptions on something, especially with, in some ways, the handicap of our modern context. Yeah. Or even like the pop culture within Christianity. Yes. We can get carried away with something that's not there yeah. or that, that is unexamined. Exactly. And I think that's the key. We, as Orthodox Protestants, historically, we hold to this principle called the analogy of faith, which basically says the best guide for interpreting and understanding scripture is scripture. So when you come to like an unclear passage where you've got like Christ referring to his people as sheep and saying that his sheep hear his voice. Okay, well, the imagery there is not immediately actually clear, contrary to our, you know, expectations. Like, okay, that's like, why would you refer to people as sheep? Like, what's going on there? When something isn't super clear in scripture, you want to determine what it means by examining other scriptures. Scriptures primarily. Mm-hmm. That, that's your surest guide. And many cases, 
cases, as you kind of pointed out, most of the time, the easiest way to figure out what's going on is just look at the verses before and around, like yeah, after it. Like real. that's it. Like sometimes you need more than that. Yeah. So like what we did there was we took that passage in John and we linked it to Second Corinthians and Galatians. But within Corinthians and Galatians, all you needed was the verses immediately around the passages to see what right. was going on with those metaphors. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen the face of Christ before. So how can Paul like you're like reading that you're thinking, oh no, like I've never seen Christ's face. Does that mean I'm not saved? Like, well, no, no, no. He's not talking about literally physically <laughs> seeing his face. Oh, He's talking about again, you know, seeing it with your hard eyes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if scripture uses physical imagery to communicate spiritual reality, to get back to our main point, Mm -hmm. then in John 10, we hear Christ's voice, not primarily through a little voice inside of our heads, but rather we hear his voice in the scriptures. It is in the scriptures that Christ speaks to us. That's where the sheep hear his voice and they recognize it. We come to the Bible and it's not just a book like any other book that we examine like any other book or we read as if it's just some ancient piece of literature. We come to it and we're like, oh, we recognize the voice of Christ in this. We recognize the word of God within it and we follow him, which is interesting because voice and word kind of go together, right? Like that's just like those (laughs) linguistic (laughs) concepts go together. And I mean, in that sense, it makes sense. Wow. You like how I use the word sense there twice? (laughs) It makes sense to say that Christ's voice goes with Christ's word, which is the Bible. The ancients actually called this the Vox Dei. Um, They just called it the voice of God, which we now hear every time we read slash hear the scriptures with faith. So I bring all this up on a practical level because I want us to be careful about elevating our internal monologue slash voice above the scriptures. Mm, Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Very much so. Um, I mean, especially, I think that has been a perennial temptation for Christians. I think sometimes we want to say, it's just a big temptation, you know, in the enlightened West, but this has been a problem for, Oh yeah. to be fair to our Catholic cousins, this was one of their, I think, semi-legitimate concerns with the Protestant Reformation was they view themselves as the guardians of the interpretation of scripture. And they were worried that if you just put the Bible in everyone's hands, people would just come up with all kinds of crazy interpretations and eventually, you know, elevate their own internal monologue above what the scriptures actually taught and said. Oh, yeah. Ironically. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. You had a lot of that. I mean, they themselves too. Yeah. And Rome. And then ironically, yeah, like Rome had done that. You know what I mean? Like that was The irony is just humans tend to do that. We want to elevate our own. Who was that? I can't remember. Some cardinal, I think, was talking to William. It's not a cardinal. It's the great theologian Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, yes. Who said, of course I know him. Is me. <laughs> no, sorry. What was your point? I had to get that I in there. I can't even remember. <laughs> Yours was way more profound. You know what I mean? Um, oh. Anyway, so all that is to say, we should always be measuring our thoughts and impulses by the scriptures because they are the final authority. That's what I'm trying to get at. Mm. Is, so, it, yeah. is it fair to say that our habit of doing that, this very human tendency that I think you pointed out that we've done for quite a long time, of like taking our preconceptions and our passed down language and having that shape our beliefs instead of the other way around, instead yeah. of scripture, is that, I mean, is it too clickbaity <laughs> to say <laughs> that's essentially like reshaping God in our image rather than letting scripture reveal truth as it is. Yeah, I think that's a a great way to describe it. And to kind of flip what you're saying there, your conscience, okay, because that's the thing we end up doing is, you Mm. know, we try to follow our our conscience, that internal monologue, and the result is we're not really worshiping God as he's revealed himself. We're not really living life as he's asked us to live it. We're just kind of doing what we want to do. To steal Dietrich Bonhoeffer's terminology, we're probably worshiping a wish dream God and not the real (laughs) triune God. So 
to that point, your conscience is certainly a God-given guide, but it still has to be shaped and molded by Scripture. Exactly. Um, it's yeah. not an infallible rule for life and faith <laughs> by itself. We're still fallen and sinful human beings. So, to that point, even unbelievers have a conscience. And Paul says as much in Scripture. He's like, when those who don't have the law of God follow their conscience, they become a law unto themselves. So, when people say, hey, murder is wrong, that's great. That's awesome. Like, thank God that we're not all murdering each other. But your conscience will not do you any ultimate good by itself, at least in the spiritual sense. So, all that is to say, at the end of the day, we hear Christ speak, we hear his voice in the scriptures, and if we end up not being careful, we'll recast God into our own image, like you said, by following this kind of rambling internal monologue and end up worshiping a wish dream God instead, as opposed to hearing Christ speak to us in the scriptures, which what an immeasurable gift that is to us. And I think that removes a lot of the tyranny of having to sort out, you know what I mean? Like yeah. trying to constantly figure out, is this God speaking to me? Is this demon? Like, is this <laughs> my own fallen heart? Like what's going on here? Right. Yeah. Instead, you come to the scriptures and let them mm-hmm. speak to you. Let Christ speak to you through them. So what an immeasurable gift. Truly. Very grateful for that. So grateful to you for listening. Yeah. Thanks. If you found this content helpful and you want to, you know, follow your internal prompting and leave us an <laughs> honest five-star review, you want to yeah. do that? Just kidding. You know, Christ says encourage one another. And the Bible says that. we would take it as encouragement. Yeah, we would take it as encouragement. So, if you want to do that, leave us an honest five-star review at the uh, little iTunes podcast thing. That'd be great. And if uh, you want to ask any questions on this or any other topic, you can email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net, or you can interact with us on social media. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.